and welcome to Dyson Dish Wanderers. I'm Foxfires, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Nerdy Yogi, and Sparks Valentine. Hello. I forgot to say hello audio to the audio listeners. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's okay. <laughs> I waved at the camera. Um, <laughs> for the audio listeners, that's for y'all. Erica, go ahead and roll that dice. <laughs> That's a two. So that sparks. Mine. Oh my gosh, I haven't went first. Any of the episodes. All right. My topic today is what level should you start your players at? And then what is your favorite level as a player to start out at? Uh, I will talk first. Uh, My... The level I think people should start out at in 5e, because in other systems, it's a little different. You don't really have a full leveling system like 5e does. But I would say that my favorite level to start people out at is anywhere between 5 and 8. Just because I feel like in like those parameters between level 5 and level 8, you kind of get more out of your class than you would starting lower than 5. You also are able to throw some other things at them. And they're, they're between those levels because they have a little bit more, they have a, they're a little bit more beefy and they can just have a lot more fun with their characters, like with their abilities and everything. And then my favorite level to start out at when I'm playing is usually level five, but I'll, I'll settle with level three. Level three is fine. Is when you get that first kind of subclass power. I want to say power because I don't feel like that's thing. You get the first ability in your subclass, usually at level three for most classes, except for like one or two. So that's mine. Uh, Which one of you wants to go next? Talk about your level. Well, so it depends on the system. Uh, I'm assuming, Sparks, you're talking about 5e only with all that, right? Yeah, I I don't play the the DCCs or (laughs) things like the the Uh, OSRs. I do not play a lot of OSRs and TSRs, so that's more of your department. (laughs) Yeah, um, I personally... I I like the idea when it comes to DCC, um, and I think there's other people who are starting to use like the level zero funnel. I'm pretty sure I heard, and this is like I heard, uh, by the time this comes out, it'll already be out in the wild as Shadow Dark. Um, it's by Arcane Library. I think her name was Shelby is the girl that created it. I'm bad with names, so but she was real nice. I met her at GaryCon. Um, really cool art, but I think they're doing a funnel with their system. I didn't get to play it. I just walked by a couple of tables and saw it. So, um, I think there are other people who are doing the funnel thing. They're starting to incorporate that. I think it was born out of Goodman games, but, um, I, well, I shouldn't say it's born out of Goodman games cause it actually started with TSR. Uh, but they kind of, I get I guess brought it to this generation of gamers, but I like the funnel for, to start. 
but I don't. I've heard some people who play DCC, they do the funnel, they wipe at level one, and they go back to a funnel. And it's like, and then if you wipe at level two, we go back to a funnel. I don't really like that. Usually when we, our group does a TPK, and we have had one instance where everyone in the party died but one guy, and he just ran. And if he went and ran, he'd have died too. I count that as TPK. Um, so... We just started, everybody just picked back up at level two and continued on. So for DCC, I think the funnel is good, but I don't want to do it all the time when, you know, to reset. Um, I say you just pick up where you left off versus resetting everything. For 5e, it really just depends um, on if it's a one-shot, if you're at a con, if you're starting a campaign and you know it's going to be a long-running campaign, then starting at level three is probably where I would start as well because that way you at least have your subclass and you feel like you can do stuff besides, you know, hunt rats. Um, three or five, I'd say, for 5e. Pathfinder, I've only played it once, and so I don't feel like I can talk about that at all. What do you think, Fox? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It really depends on the system and your players. Um, like you said, if you're doing if you're doing a long running campaign, then if you have a bunch of experienced players, level three is a pretty good place to start them. It's a good but, point. Level of players. But if you have newbie players. Me, personally, I don't start them at anything above level 1 if it's going to be a campaign. Just because the the higher level you get, like Sparks was saying, the more stuff you have to keep track of. And if you're new, you're not going to know how to deal with that, especially if they choose a spellcaster. And it can be overwhelming. But typically, if they're experienced players, level 3... Maybe level five. For a one-shot, it really just depends on what you're doing in the one-shot. I mean, I've done one-shots at level 20 before, because I planned for the players to fight a literal god. But I've also done it at level five, level three, level eight. It really just depends on what you're needing. In general, though, level three or level five is a really good place for an experienced player. And that's talking about 5e, because I really don't have experience with anything else. Outside well, you're going to get some. Two. Yeah, I know. We're going to yeah. play Mask. I'm so super exciting. excited. This is going to be I've really already, exciting. I know. I've already been looking at some of the masks. I am super excited to play it. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's. I think cons is another thing. When you're running at cons, if you, in my opinion, you sit down talking about 5e if you put down a level 15 character in front of me and you're like yeah we're gonna do that i'm gonna be like oh, i don't know how to play this character there's too much for me and that's just me and i've been for me to take in and remember all of that i mean i've been playing since it before it started um and i still think that would be a lot for me to walk into i think at cons if you're talking about that Three to five is where I would cap it if they're experienced. But I agree with you. If they're not experienced, 
and it's a one shot. You're at a con. You got four hours, level one, and maybe maybe halfway through the session, you level them to two. They get to experience what leveling is like, and that could be interesting if it's like an intro to uh, like five e. Could be an interesting way to run your table for a con when it comes to levels. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't typically prefer leveling at the table personally because it can, depending on the class, take a while. Yeah. But that is a fair point. At a con, it is a completely different setting. Yeah. I would like to go back to that where you ran that level 21 shot because me and Erica were both in that. And you had your two extremes of like how it was set up, especially for you, Fox, because you had me who was immune to poison. And then you had Erica, who I think weren't you like one of our only spellcasters? I was about to say, I'm pretty sure she was. Other than I think we had a cleric. Weren't you Maybe. like a mega DPS, Erica? Yeah, I think I, if I remember right, it was like a it was like a sorcerer splashed maybe with a warlock. I think so, and it, the thing was immune to fire. Yeah, and I and had that was all your spells, <laughs> and then <laughs> like you had and you yet, had, <laughs> and yet it was immune to fire. You had mostly fire spells, and yet you got the kill. You had the final kill. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that was like real interesting that like we kind of had we had those like two extremes. You had one person who most of their stuff was ineffective against it, and then you had the one person that was like immune to most of its things. Well, it was I think like, I used meta magic to change it from fire damage, but I had to burn a bunch of sorcery points to do it. Well, it was also like a certain right? spell level didn't affect I think so. it. Yeah, and that was and that was what was messing with me cuz yeah. like it was like I had to burn sorcery points to change the type of damage and I had to ca- upcast a lot of stuff. And yeah, it was a it was a good boss. It was yeah. a good fight. It was it was fun trying to get poison and I'm just standing there like yeah. Like yeah, poison doesn't work on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I got targeted. <laughs> Because the poison was getting everybody else. Better. Yeah, and she had she had enough of your immunity. Yeah, I was like, mm. <laughs> but even even in that game, with everybody at the table being experienced, it was difficult to jump in with a level twenty character. For yeah. some people, we got to create we got to create our own characters. So that was like, that was a good thing. In my opinion, if you get to create your own character and it's a higher level campaign, then you can kind of like look over it and you can learn like you don't just go into it blind. Yeah. I guess like going into like a character blind that's that high would be very intimidating. So, yes, like at cons. Yeah. And that's another factor, too. If you get yeah. to make your own character, like Spark said, you're probably going to know it better because yeah. you made it. Yes, Whereas, but, but it is a lot to make though a level yeah. twenty character. It's, it's a lot to make, and it's also like you know you might show up with your character, and you know your character 
But the the benefit of like, let's say you started at level five and you've advanced to level 20 together. And it's like, okay, well, I know that so-and-so does this and I can combo off of that. And we can, you don't have that camaraderie. And like, okay, well, I know that I'm going to step on their toes if I build my character this way versus that way. And in a lot of times in 5e, I think that is an issue. Like, that's one reason why I like DCC. Nobody steps on anybody else's place. You got rogues that step on rangers, rangers that step on rogues. And and it's just like... I'm sorry. Everything steps on ranger. Oh, yeah. Everything steps on ranger. Steps but that's what I'm saying. Like, hey, Rangers know, don't suck. They're just not as good. Is yeah, whatever. The I, only I way that a Ranger, Rangers. the I'm only way that a Ranger, <laughs> Ranger right now. <laughs> so. The only, the only way that a Ranger does not suck if is if you multi-class with something else that gives you that damage. You got to splash. You have to splash. Yeah. Like you have to splash every ranger. other class, you don't have to splash into something else to make it viable and useful. And yeah. I to me, like sitting down for a level 20 and you don't know what anybody cuz we didn't know. We did not share our character sheets across the group. We all just sat down and it was like, "Cool, what are you doing? You know, what can you do?" Yeah. I mean, in that, and yeah. so it makes it, it's, it's like you have a complicated character, but also it becomes a complicated table in a way because nobody knows what anybody else can do. I want to say we right. talked about what we were making because that was at fake Gen Con. Yeah, you guys did We had talk talked a the day bit. before about what everybody was making. I think you pretty much just said, hey, who's playing what class? Do we have a healer? Do we have damage? Do we have a tank? Yeah. Like, I think we still, like, talked about what everybody was playing, like, what class they were playing. Class, yeah. But it's like, well, you know, you can be, and that's what I'm talking about, stepping on people's toes. Yeah. You can be a cleric and not heal at all. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't know what kind of, we didn't know what kind of build of class people were making everybody yeah. chose um which can make the table even more complicated it's like when you know we showed up at a con uh me and sparks we sat down at a table and they they you could tell they did not go over the character sheets they did not check them and they were like level five characters because there was something i think sparks it was your character or the guy beside me like Something that is like you always have as part of that character, they did not have. Oh, it was, like it was a the cleric. Eldritch Blast or no, something. it oh was God, it was a cleric without like there. It was a it was a healing like subclass cleric that did not have any healing spells. That's what it was. Yeah. It and was, then I, it, what? yeah, I was a sorcerer. We were kobolds, <sighs> and your base armor class was thirteen. As a kobold. And I had like. What I had mage armor. Yeah. And it made my AC the same. As what it was with my natural armor. And I was like. Can I just like swap this out. For something else. Because it was like. I had a spell that was useless. Like why have it if I can't use it. 
And you could tell they used like D and D Beyond random generator to not check them and printed them out and flopped them down at the table. So don't do that. <laughs> check. Do not yeah. trust D and D Beyond. Make sure you check your character sheets. <laughs> I, I disagree with that. You can trust D and D Beyond if you're building so it yourself because it with, takes like five minutes. Yes. So I'm with like, random, yeah. But with D and D Beyond, it doesn't pick your spells for you. Oh, you have they to go have in and manually pick your spells. Oh, so th- it, it was a person error. See, I don't yeah. use D&D Beyond, so I don't know. Like, I do know there's that. Like a, there's like a, a hole guided, in my knowledge. There's like a guided thing you can do, and they yeah. might have done yeah. that. I don't know. I've never used it. Yeah. I tried it. I did the beta test for D&D Beyond. I was like, I don't like this. I, well, I want <laughs> the books. I want the dice. I want the paper. Like, I don't, I don't like all these devices. Like, yeah, see, that's I like. A, I like having show. all that at my fingertips, and that's yeah. I'll I'll end it there. <laughs> we'll have okay. a good debate about this in another episode. Oh, we we got one. <laughs> we got a technologies at tables coming soon. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I guess that ends that topic, Erica. Nerdy Yogi. Okay. We won't roll that dice uh, and not lose it. I didn't. It landed on the floor next to my table. I can still oh. see it. It is my topic, which is session recap. So this is something if you're doing more of a campaign, if you're doing cons, it's really not going to exist unless you're doing like, you know, three part game series at cons. But um, so when you say you're a couple, you know, you come to your second session of a campaign, when you sit down as the dungeon master, how do you expect your players to session recap or do you go the matt mercer route where you recap and i get why he does it because it is a show and he wants to make sure they hit all the story beats that way if you missed the previous episode they get everything it is correct because that's very important when it comes to that you know high level of production that he doesn't say anything wrong you know because people will call him out um i personally used to do the recaps just because that way there was no wrong information when my players would sit down that way they like if they forgot a story beat I used to make sure it was in there to remind them and then I started being like well maybe I shouldn't do that maybe I should put more of the responsibility on the players and if they forget story beats and they forget something in the recap that's on them and it's kind of like you know how where do you put or where do you you think it's best for the responsibility to lie in a session recap um an incentive i do is i give uh for we're running mask uh being sparks and a couple other people uh we're team is a mechanic right it gives you a point and i say okay we'll roll a d6 Whoever, and I decide if it's low or high, whoever gets the highest number, they do a session recap, and they're supposed to be the only one that talks in order for them to get a pool. It's one person. And that keeps, if it's on one person versus it's a whole group, usually there's like maybe one or two that takes notes. They remember more. And the other people never get to recap because they don't either, one, pay attention, or two, they don't take notes, or three, they forgot because they have shit memory like me. Or they don't really like to be put on the spot and they kind of like start to go, uh, and they go blank. So what do y'all think? It's a lot. I, 
<laughs> I think that the responsibility lies on both. It's the DM's responsibility to remember everything that's going on, and it's the player's responsibility to also know what's going on. Now, as far as a recap, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong way to do it. If the DM recaps it, then that's fine. You know the information is correct. But I do prefer the way that um, you and our current Dungeon Master have done it and be like, hey, who wants to recap? If you recap, I'll give you inspiration. Yeah. And I feel like that works really well because it does incentivize us to take notes and remember things, which I'm the worst note taker there is. I just try to remember it. Because <laughs> my notes are scattered. I take them and they are horrid. But there's also, you know, if you have a session once a month or something like that, then people might not necessarily have looked back at their notes. Me, personally, if it's online, I prefer just to type it up and not even do a recap. Just put it on the players, read the notes from the last session to remember what's going on. Because I put in all the highlights, all the story beats. It's on you to remember, take notes yourself, and read the recaps. So do you post that before y'all play mm -hmm. online? I do. Okay. I usually I usually post it either a couple days after the session or like a week before the next session. It saves you time in the session too. Mm-hmm. Saves idea. time. It saves time and it doesn't take me long to type it up. Because I pretty much get on right after session or a couple days later, type up everything that they did. It's also notes for me. So it helps the players and helps myself. Granted, this is an online campaign, so I just posted in our Discord in a section specifically dedicated for it. And it listed by session number. One, two, three, four, five, etc. And seems to work. If I have a player miss, I just tell them, okay, make sure you read the session notes. And it puts it completely on them because they have it. It's accessible. They don't read it. I'm not going to remind them. Yeah, I think I think it's a little different because both of you guys have experience running like long going campaigns. Whereas with me, it's been either one shots with 5e or like one shots of different systems like Monster Hearts, Call of Cthulhu, like games like that, Vampire the Masquerade, where there wasn't really a second session of it. So there wasn't really anything to like recap, but I think as like a player, it's kind of, it depends on the player. I, I like having recaps that I will do them or I'll, if the DM wants to do them, that's fine. I think it's one of those, you look at your players and see who your players are if they're going to be able to do that, if they're going to be able to remember and give you a recap, then yeah, go for it. But if you know your players and you know, like how Erica says, if they have shit memory, then it's one of those, you kind of need to make that decision of, well, I think I'm just going to do the recap. I'm not going to have them worry about it and I'm just going to do it instead of being like, all right, who's doing the recap today? But having incentives, though, to help 
push players to take notes and be able to do the recaps, I think is a smart decision. Especially with the kind of technology we have now. It's so easy to take notes. That's my that's my two cents on that. I've seen I've well I've discussed it with a DM who said that when they hear their players during a recap, if they hear them say something that is wrong and no one at the table notices it and takes it as gospel, they don't fix it. And to me, I don't know if I necessarily like that because it's um it's almost kind of cr- it's I don't want to say cruel or mean it's mean spirited I guess it's like well you know oh well and it's well, like I don't I don't know like but I, if like I've seen this happen and what I'm saying is like somebody got something severely wrong that was like a story beat. And we made a group, like, there was a group decision that was made off of that story beat. And people took it as gospel. And then after we did something, the DM was like, well, that wasn't correct. And I missed the session. So I didn't know what had happened, what hadn't. And so I went off of the recap. And the DM did not correct, nor did anybody else. And so we as a group made this decision. And... And after we made it, the DM was like, and the DM said, well, this is the consequence. This is what happens. And they're like, well, you know, in the recap, that was wrong, but I didn't correct you because y'all should have paid better attention. And it was a negative thing, a very negative thing. And I was like, man, that kind of like, I, think I don't know. that is very. It didn't sit well with me. It's kind of yeah. shitty because it's one of those, you're in this game to have fun one and two it is a collaborative storytelling game yes i understand you can get things wrong sometimes but i feel like i feel like the dm should correct those things because then it's like well you have somebody that's like you you weren't there and it's like well it's kind of it's kind of shitty for you because you weren't there to know what actually happened. So if half of the things in the recap are wrong, then you have that entire, this is the, that's what it is to you. It is the facts of what happened if he's not going to correct it. So it's one of those, it's one of those, that's real shitty. I could kind of see both sides of the coin on it. On the one hand, on the one hand, yeah, the player got it wrong, nobody corrected them, that's an indication that either they misunderstood, which means their character misunderstood, or nobody else was paying attention enough to correct them. So, for me, if it had been, like, a small detail, yeah, I would have let it go and just been like, alright, y'all will, this is what y'all think happened. But if it's a big deal, and I know I had a player that missed the last session then I would say, actually, this is what happened. You're a little mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, it was was a big, uh, it was, how do I say this? 
it was a dis it, the consequences changed the way our group was seen in town in dealing mm-hmm. with uh shopkeepers innkeepers like we basically had to leave yeah no that's 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 bullshit yeah i feel like that's, that's complete that's complete yeah. and total bullshit and that's where you get into those dming styles of it, it's kind of like spite it's, it's like, spiteful gotcha. it's very it seems very spiteful because it's like well you got this wrong and it could have been an honest mistake yeah but i'm gonna punish you for it so that way you don't make this mistake again or if you do and then you know what the consequences are but honestly that's just spiteful yeah the situation that you're describing was a spiteful situation yeah if it's something big the dm should always correct it but if it's like you said though fox if it's small if it's like a small detail so you get a name wrong you get a price wrong or something like that oh well yeah it's like that's that's kind of the little that's the piddly things that you can kind of look over and you're like okay yeah that's that's that this npc is no longer this name it's this name now because that's what they said for for that i would do the uh the asshole thing and be like what did you just call me when they go to talk (laughs) to that npc again that's funny though that's not like you get that's funny though it's not like you're (laughs) kicking them out of basically everything in a town yeah make it 10 times harder on them because of one thing that was mistaken I think I like the recap uh, style you came up with, Fox, where it's kind of like session notes and you share them before. Um, I mean, I've heard of people doing that. My fear was always like somebody doesn't read it. And then you have it's one of those things. It's like, you, you know, there's always one player at a table that doesn't carry their weight. They're they're the one. It's just it's it's the way it is. There's always one or two or you know who carry the weight of the table. They always know what's going on. They're always taking notes. They're they always are willing to do recaps, things like that. They're more engaged than the others and I was scared to do something like that because I was scared that then you have somebody over here who doesn't carry their weight. They show up and they're like, "Well, I didn't read them. So what happened?" And then these people over here feel like they have to recap for this person does that happen is that an issue you've come across so we've only done five sessions so far okay and in those five sessions yes i do have that player that does not seem to carry their weight i am i i'm 75 percent sure they are not reading the session notes i am 90 percent sure they only about half know what's going on if that and that's to me that's their prerogative i've given them the tools they're the ones choosing not to use them because all five other players all five of the other ones i have no doubt they know what's going on because they've either paid enough attention to remember have a decent memory to remember or they've read the notes i've even had players come to me after the session and ask questions of, hey, I just wanted to verify this thing that happened because my character would have reacted like this, and et cetera, et cetera. I also give them a chance to do downtime, which is a chance for them to also speak with the NPC again, confirm information, 
And those are things that I expect my players to remember, as well as me taking notes. But things like that, I give them ample opportunity to say, hey, I'm confused about this, or hey, can you remind me what happened in this situation? And if they choose to do those things, then yeah, I'll tell them like, oh yeah, this is how it went. But for the most part, I put the ball in their court. Like, I've done my job. I've written your notes. They're there. Even while we're playing, we, we play over Discord. So if you can't remember something, the notes are right there. Go peek through them real quick, because normally they're short. Normally my session notes are like three pages maximum. And I use pretty big font on top of it. So it's not like they have a whole book to read through. And with technology now, you can pretty much search out words. Like, oh, we're talking to this NPC. Let me look through the notes for this name. Control F. Yeah. The document. Control F. So, and yes, I'm getting assaulted by a cat. But it's not like, it's not like <laughs> the old-fashioned paper where they have to look and try to read handwriting and it might be disorganized. No. Everything that I put in those notes is chronologically what happened. Okay. But you don't have players who kind of like push it off on other people to recap for them. That's, that's what I'm just going off of like stuff I've seen online. And that seems like that was what happened a lot of the time. Like that one person's like, Hey, can you tell me what happened? You know, to somebody they always know who knows. So, so far, Again, we've only had five sessions. Yeah. A fair amount, but it's still pretty new. I've not had that issue so far, except for the one player that I'm 90% sure doesn't read the notes. They just don't reach out to anybody, and they just act like they know what's going on until they either figure it out, or Mm -hmm. they finally ask me. They kind of just, like, skirt by and... Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Again, all five of the other players, I know, so one of them is my boyfriend, and he takes notes like a mother. Like, every little thing, oh, 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 the cat sneezed outside of game? I'm gonna take a note on that. Um, his friend is another player, and he also seems to take notes, because he'll come back and be like, hey, so I was reading back over, and this, this is a thing? And I was like, yeah. Um, then some of the other players, they'll stay on with me after the session and just talk about it and, again, get confirmations and things like that. Or they'll message me after they reread the notes. You know, things like that. I haven't had an issue. Like, one of my players had to miss one of the sessions, and he came back and he was like, hey, I read over the notes, but can you give me a quick breakdown? I gave him the quick breakdown. He was good. It's like he didn't even miss the session. Okay. I might try that. I've never tried it. So, but that method does really depend on your group. I'm lucky that I have players that are engaged and they're Mm -hmm. actively doing things for the session. They're actively asking questions and they're participating. Not everyone has that. Yeah. And it just comes down to different groups require different things. I just want to bring this up. Because I'm like looking now. 
for all of our audio listeners, you can't see it. You should go over. But I just now noticed that Fox's, I guess, cardigan has green. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, when I'm looking over at our video recording, it's chromed. So you can see through it. <laughs> And I was like, I was looking, I was like watching the like recording screen and I was like, what? I was like, yeah. is there, I was like, is there something wrong with like this? And then I would like look closer and I was like, oh, it's like, and I looked over at like the other camera and I was like, oh, they have green on. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, oh my gosh. It, it was a poor choice of wardrobe this morning. Yeah, it's actually really I funny. Work. <laughs> it's Sorry. actually really funny. Uh, does anybody else have anything on this topic, though? I'm good. Yeah. No. Oh, that I just leaves one other topic. Box. Which is mine. Which is tabletop... Uh, gosh. What makes TTRPGs different than your standard board game? And so what I mean by that is, you know, you have regular board games like Monopoly, Life, and things like that. And then you have TTRPGs like D&D, Call of Cthulhu, and DCC. What do you guys think the main differences are and which one do you think is more fun overall? I think I know the answer to most of these. So, to me, I definitely prefer the TTRPGs, the standard board games. For one, every session is different with a TTRPG. You never know what's going to happen. With your board game, yeah, you might have the occasional surprise, like, oh, you got the Uno reverse card on you, oh, here's the draw four, but it's the same. You know those things are going to happen at some point. And they're not cooperative generally you have a few that are so i feel like for me when i play games i would rather do a ttrpg just because i don't want to be against my friends necessarily those can be fun but i don't want to be against them i would rather work with them thoughts first you want to go you want to go uh it does not matter do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So I I think it's that creativity aspect that you get with a tabletop RPG that makes it a lot different than a board game. Because with a board game, like you said, though, it's usually it's laid out for you. The people that created the board game have already made everything for you. You have nothing else you need to make. And I I do enjoy board games. I do. I they are fun to play at like, you know, if you have like a like a game night, like a party night or anything like that. They're definitely a fun thing to play. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to play them because they're like, oh, I don't want to spend the time doing it. But then once you play it, they're like, oh my god, I had so much fun. Ah. But then, you know, I think it it depends on the board game tabletop rpgs yes they are a ton of fun but honestly there are some board games you can have just as much fun with and your collaborative effort like what you were talking about depends on the board game you have some board games that are very collaborative betrayal on how the 
betrayal on the haunted house on the hill or whatever that game is called betrayal on something uh, the last house on the haunted hill on the left and the only house on the haunted hill on the left yeah that, that one the, the big betrayal one of those Betrayal at the house on Haunted Hill. Sure, yeah, yeah we'll go with left. that. That's what it on the, the, left, house on the left at the lake. You know, yes, at the lake around the bend. Which with, do side note do love that game until the haunt too. starts and then it's bullshit. You hate yeah. the game until one of you turns into the evil person and then knows everybody's plan. But it's one of those like that one is very collaborative with your other people that aren't the killer. And it's a lot of fun, like, unless you get a game that lasts for five minutes, and then it's like, well, now we gotta reset all this up and then do everything over again. But, it, I think it just depends. I'm kind of in the middle. I enjoy both of them. Am I gonna sway a little bit towards one? Yes, tabletop RPGs, but I do enjoy very much, I do enjoy board games, though. But I think that creativity aspect that you get with tabletop RPGs is what is the biggest difference because with tabletop RPGs, you can create everything. You can create the characters. You can create, you know, lifestyles of these characters. You can create items. But in board games, it's all made for you. Now, my favorite board game is going to be Clue. I love Clue. I love being a detective. No way, Going you love through. being a detective. Besides the critical role clue. Because <laughs> he about flipped the table at Gen Con when we got it. <laughs> Didn't make sense. The rules were bullshit. <laughs> God. The rules Get were together, bullshit. Get together, Jerry to press. <laughs> the oh rules God. were a little convoluted and they were a little confusing. It was the, but it was, it was still hilarious. It was we still go. Fun. We go to the game store, that one that we always go, this like Gen Con, we always have like it's kind of a pattern we do on Wednesdays when we arrive. We always hit the game store that's you around the roundabout. And then about. go to the game store. Yeah. Uh, and well, we get our badges and shit first. But, and then Critical Role's clue came out right when we w- went to Gen Con and I grabbed it because I love Critical Role. And so we we're all like, oh, let's go back to the hotel and like find a table and play. And all the whole way there, Sparks is like, I love. I love Clue, and then we I do love Clue. We play it, and and like I mean, talk about wanting to flip a fucking table. I thought it was gonna happen. I wasn't gonna flip a table. I'm not strong enough for that. (laughs) Trevor, if you're watching, please sound off in comments. What do you think would happen? I I was not gonna flip flip the table. I was not gonna flip the table. Did I say I was done playing? Yes, I did. (laughs) But we're going to leave it there. (laughs) That's a good memory. I mean, it's probably not a good memory for you, but it was fucking hilarious for me. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. My favorite one was when we were playing that one game in the hotel. Oh, my God. And you ran and hid behind a curtain (laughs) with your feet sticking out. Oh, my gosh. So we were playing the game. We were playing. We were playing Quelf. And it's a horrible name. Sounds so sexual. It, it is, yes. But we were playing it, and Erica got the card that was playing hide and seek. She was mm-hmm. going to pick one person to come find her, mm-hmm. and she was going to go hide. Well, we're in a hotel that's like 20 stories. At night. At night. It was like and, 1 a.m. Yeah, and 
she gets this card and then goes, runs out the door. Yeah, no word, just hands the card no to somebody. No word, and just and goes. goes. And Barefoot. Barefoot. And in my pajamas. Trevor goes to find her, comes back and says, I cannot find her. I, y'all are going to have to help me. So we like walk around. We so where we were at, there was a hotel on the door, like and our, where our room was. There was an elevator right there, and then if you walked all the way around, because the hotel we stayed at was shaped like a U, kind of. You walked all the way around. And there was another set of elevators that would go all the way down to the basement. So. None of us walked over there because, you know, we never thought that she would be over there. And then I sprinted by a bunch of strangers in the hallway. Oh, my gosh. So then she comes back Barefoot. and she's like, I was behind, I was at the elevators on the other side and I was behind the curtain and I my feet were sticking out. And these people got and these people got out of the elevator and they just looked down and they were like, oh, my God, are those feet? And I remember you saying you just like stuck your head out and you're like, I'm playing a card game with some friends. <laughs> Be quiet. No, I, I, I like, I like did the whole like open the, and I stuck my head out and I'm like, I've listened to playing hide and seek with my friends. <laughs> Close the curtain back. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Hey, I mean, it was so much fun yeah. though. That that, yeah. that was a fun board game. We yeah. died. Oh my gosh! And then she creeped a guy out that had a top hat on. Top hat guy. That has, if you're that listening, to do with board games. Yes, it does. You played the mental board game. I did I, with I him. Did you just Quite go hard. We were standing in line somewhere, and she's like, "Oh, you're I staying mean, at our hotel," and he's like, "Yeah, no. you're staying at the no, Omni." No, no, no. He got into our elevator. Oh, god. And I looked at him before he could say what floor. I said, third floor, and I hit it. And he just looked at me, and he goes, how do you know that? And I was like, because I see you every morning getting on and off the elevator. <laughs> Would you I'm like telling to come back you. to our hotel room? Oh, my we god, We have cookies. <laughs> and he gets off that elevator and walks Run. so fast. And then I see him last day of Gen Con walking across the street. And I'm like, hey, Top Hat Man, see you next year. He did not stay at the hotel we stayed at. I don't think I didn't see him I at see all. Him. I was hoping I'd see him. Be like, hey, Top Hat Man. Like, he got real weirded out. I don't know. Every single day. He got every real day. weirded out. With that, he probably never went back to Gen Con. <laughs> probably didn't. He probably bought a new fucking hat. But <laughs> probably. Okay, Erica, like, what is your take on this topic? Um, I don't like card games. I don't like board games where you use cards. And the only one that is the exception is Gloomhaven because it is a deck building game. Um, but it is a board game at the same time. I generally like board games that use dice. I don't like deck building. Gloomhaven is the one exception, and the only reason I make the exception for it is because of the story. I do enjoy the story of Gloomhaven. I think they're making an RPG. I don't know if I made that up or if I dreamed that, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, because Frosthaven's out by now, and I'm pretty sure they're going to take Gloomhaven and they're making an RPG. I think that'll be interesting for sure. Uh, there I don't is. like. Yeah, yes, there I is one. 
Okay, cool. I was thinking I didn't dream that up. Um, I don't like competitive board games. That's what I like about TTRPGs. I like the com- the collaborative nature of them. Us working together to as a unified unit to achieve something, whether it's epic or it's small or whatever. It's the camaraderie, you know, like kind of battle buddies or whatever. Uh, I don't feel that sense of bond when you play a board game with people. The only one that I do is, there's two, uh, Gears of War. Uh, me and my husband are big Gears of War people. The original trilogy, not this new one. Sorry. Um, you know, but it is what it is. And so me and my husband, we play the Gears of War board game because we've always played those games together uh, since we had an Xbox back in the day. 360 and so I do feel a bond with that because it is something I share with him and it is a squad and you have goals and like when we play it we kind of like you know you know he sticks his finger in his ear and he's like Dom you know and like I say like shitty stuff is bared you know at him and then we're like Coltrane woo you know and we kind of like give those characters personality versus just like okay now Dom moves here um and I, so that's my thing. I don't feel like board games have as much life to them as TTRPGs do. Uh, I enjoy Kingdom Death Monster. That's my favorite board game because it is a story. It is different every time. It is brutal. And the monsters are amazing. The, the roll charts are extremely in-depth and it does give me that it was a very dice game lots of rolling i like to roll dice so it it kind of fits that you build a civilization if you've never looked into kingdom death monster it's a very very expensive board game but it is one in my opinion once you buy it, it's the only board game you're going to want to play because it's the only thing you're going to be able to afford to do i remember the road <laughs> trip to get it <laughs> yeah, we 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 bought it from like a a YouTuber slash podcaster. It was like three and a half hours away, and we drove in a day. Went and picked it up, brought it back, and then one way there, one way back, one way there, one way back. We plopped it out on the dinner table. My husband got home from work, and I said, "Here it is." <laughs> and go. then we proceeded to, I think, try. We like did like the first night, didn't we? Yeah, we did the first yeah. line fight, the initial yeah. fight. With your four survivors, yeah. It's cool. Um, if uh, Quackalope on YouTube does a lot of Kingdom Death coverage. He's awesome YouTuber. You should check him out. About board mm-hmm. games. Um, you know, Will Wheaton used to do stuff on Geek and Sundry, that tabletop show he used to do way back in the day. That was where I learned a lot about board games was through watching him talk about board games and Quackalope. Like a day also. She does a lot. Mm-hmm. Of, she does them now. Um, oh, okay. Becca Day. See, yeah, after Wheaton left, I was like, hmm, I'm Becca Scott. It's Becca yeah, Scott, not I liked, Becca Day. I liked Wheaton. I'm like, Felicia. Love Felicia Day, though. She wants yeah, to run oh, a yeah. board game <laughs> show. <laughs> I would watch that all the time. No, I do, I do like how... I don't want to say board games are a little bit easier to learn than tabletop RPGs, but they kind of are depending on, depending on the board game. Yeah. Depending on the board game. game. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like the videos that you see though on board games 
they make it a lot simpler to learn than if you watch a video on tabletop RPG because everything is so different from situation to situation with tabletop RPGs. Yeah, and with and with tabletop RPGs too, sometimes you don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, especially if you're new to it. I have a new player in my current campaign and not saying anything bad against her because this is normal. This is very, very normal. We'll be doing like something in the campaign. I'll be like, okay, what do you want to do? And she'll be like, I don't know. What should I do? Yeah. What can I do? And again, that's not a dig at her or any other new person. That is normal. I went yeah. through that. I'm sure Erica and Sparks both went through it as well. And so any new people listening, don't feel bad if you do that. It's normal. But I, it just make it more complicated, for sure. I, I've talked to people. Who, I, I never experienced that because I'm like, I will touch all the things. All the, you're, you're letting a rabid dog off the freaking leash. When you're like, you can go, when my, when the guy that introduced me, he's like, you can go anywhere, you can do anything. And I'm like, there's no restrictions. And he's like, no, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Um, so the, I've talked to people who are like, have that, that it's almost like paralyzing, like overwhelmed with choices. It's like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, you can do whatever you want. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Like, that's why I like it, because in video games, depending on the video game, it's like, well, you kind of have to do it our way versus like you can do it yours. I think that's why like the new the new way Zelda, the approach that Zelda is taking of like with playing with the mechanics and I don't really play a lot of Zelda, but I've watched a lot of people play it. But the way that you can manipulate the world and you can solve puzzles the way you want to is really cool for video games. I think a lot of people will will take on that idea and change kind of how we play video games. Frankly, I'm surprised more people didn't after uh, Breath of the Wild. I am too. I think this one, I think, the, well, I mean, it takes a long time to make a video game, you know? Oh, yeah. So maybe that's why we haven't seen it as much, but... Well, here's my thought on that. Breath of the Wild came out years ago. And now we have Tears of the Kingdom. I'm surprised that nothing similar to Breath of the Wild came out before Tears of the Kingdom did. Yeah. Probably did. We just didn't see it. I mean, that's true. Things get buried. And I mean, it's like, you know. Honestly, I've, and this is probably a topic for another time. I feel like the truth of the matter is nobody else can really figure out how to make all the mess work the way Nintendo did. Yeah, without glitches and stuff. Uh, Bethesda yeah. making that. Oh God. Oh, it would ten years later. Lord of mercy. Uh, <laughs> you know, like how they've released ten copies of Skyrim, and it's the same thing. And still, every time one hundred percent. And it's amazing. <laughs> still a very because the game. glitches make that game. Honestly. The glitches you get. Yeah. Yeah. It's the choice. Yeah. Yeah. You can be who you want to be. Yeah. It's not like, so, and this is getting kind of off topic, but it's kind of not because it's like, instead of board games, now we're venturing into video games, which is still games. Um, You know, it's like, I used to love Far Cry. I loved Far Cry 3. And I was like, oh, cool. 
you know, I can approach this camp of bandits any way I want. And then they started being like, well, now you have to fly this plane and you have to do this mission. I don't want to fly a plane. I've flown a plane in, in real life, right? In real life. I have no interest in flying a plane in ever again, like in a video game. I don't want to do it that way. I, I want to sneak. I want to be on the ground. I like being on the ground. And that's where I want to be. But then they're like, oh, you got to get in this massive tractor trailer truck and do all these missions in these trucks. And you have to do it our way. And they took away that, that sense of choice. And they stuck you in it. I don't like that. Yeah, I think there there's certain parts that yes, like if if that's how the game mechanic is gonna work, then yes. But any choice like that, you should any like part in a game that's like that, you should have a choice for it because it's like, well, you you need that. Like with the Batman games, you always had a choice when you went into a fight. Do you want to be stealth or do you just want to run at it full force? And I think that's what, like, that game is so much fun to me. Till they showed you in the car. Yeah. Well, mm, that one's a little like, mm, mm. <laughs> and that's the one everybody's like, we sleep on. <laughs> yeah. Our, the Arkham City, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. For sure. Those were, those were the best. So, Asylum was always my favorite. I don't know how I like City. I got to play as Catwoman. I liked her storyline. Yeah, it was cool. I liked her choice at the end of her little like story. And maybe that's maybe that is another thing. Like board games versus TTRPGs is the choice. Like yeah. there's so there's so many choices. It's like if you don't like the storyline that the DM has laid out and it is kind of like, well, let's just go this way and we'll just like, we'll get back to that later. You know, you can't do that on a board game. It's like, well, I'm not enjoying yeah. like this board game. Well, it's, it's laid out. It's there. There's a path. Literally you have to follow through Candyland. Yeah. Or if you're playing a card game and you can absolutely hate it and everybody else at the table loves it and you're still going to sit there and endure it. What card game is this? Cards Against cards Humanity. Against, yes. I cards Against Humanity. Same. I, I refuse okay. to play it. I despise Ugh. it with everything that I am. And the only reason that I play it is because the group of people that normally make me play it also play some of the stuff that they don't like, but I do. I, and I, I enjoy What Do You Mean more than I do Cards Against Humanities, just because I like seeing the memes, because some of the memes are pretty funny. I like Cyanide and Happiness, their version of that. It's like have, almost like Yes. Um I don't like that ha- one either. Uh, hazard. Um Yeah. Joking hazard. Yeah, I was a yeah. big like I was really into Cyanide oh, and Happiness with Yeah, like, anytime Arbor I saw Go, their videos oh. anywhere, yeah. I saw their videos, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> oh yeah. I, got, I mean were... I kickstarted it, so Yeah. <laughs> I have the red box. <laughs> their videos are great. I just hate the board game. I don't like those games. They, to me, they feel like they're pointless and just meant to to do stupidity. And I want a game to have a point. Well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But in in my and this is just me. Like the reason why I like those games 
is because like in those kind of situations, I usually play that game if it's like everybody's drinking, you're smoking, you're hanging out, and it's just like lighthearted fun, right? Yeah. It's like it's just like dick jokes and fart jokes and you know that kind of thing. It's okay, maybe it's in that situation. But I've yeah. never, I've never played those games under the influence, so I wouldn't. Oh, know. you're missing out. That's why you don't like them. You're, you're playing missing them wrong. out. Yeah, you're missing <laughs> out. And then you get, and then you get the drinking game of all drinking games. You get buzzed, and then it's all over. It's all over. <laughs> okay, look, but we we were playing in a house with like five kids in another room. Oh yeah, we had to be sober. Yeah, and that could be part of the atmosphere. Like me, uh, me and my husband, when we would go, we used to go camping with a buddy of ours, and we would take it to the campground. And you know, we'd hang out the tent, you know, campground, and it's like it's a great way to just like hang out and kill time and drink and smoke and sit by the fire and. Please, uh, as a disclaimer for this part with those games, please only drink if you're over the age of 21. Yes, please drink and, and be do safe. Do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly if you're 21 and older. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Dare. <laughs> Just say no. <laughs> Just say no. <laughs> Just say no. <laughs> Okay, I think I think we've gotten to the root of that topic. And uh, a little off topic. A little off topic, but you know what? Okay. That's what makes us us. People enjoy it. Probably not, but you know what? It's okay, because we have fun. <laughs> That's all that I matters. mean, I have fun. You I have don't fun. care if no one ever listens <laughs> to this podcast. I just have a good time talking, y'all. Agreed. <laughs> so, I mean, it's honestly just funny so. to sit here and talk bullshit about things welcome to yeah. our bullshit talking and that is the end of this episode so make sure to uh subscribe to the podcast subscribe to our youtube channel and yeah. don't do drugs don't do drugs drink responsibly or if and you do do them with a friend oh my gosh don't listen. Don't listen to Erica. And I'm that's just it. Reliable we'll, friend. <laughs> and I'm just we will, who is sober. We will Depending see on you the guys. Country slash state that you live in. Make sure you follow your country slash state laws when it comes to drug and alcohol. Oh gosh, trying to end this. Okay, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye bye. Goodbye. Hello travelers, thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of Dyson Dish. Uh, we really hope that you enjoyed it and be on the lookout for our next episode, which is September 22nd. It will be coming out at 12 p.m. CST and it's going to be a very special episode where we actually have our very first guest on. So stay tuned for that. 
And yeah, please make sure that you like, subscribe, and then comment on the video over on YouTube with some more uh, ideas of what you maybe want us to talk about. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye.